0: and winter at the uh, first uh, epistle of Peter, and we are up to the section today in uh chapter two uh, verses thirteen through seventeen and um, you will note that the the uh, first uh two words of this text are be subject which uh are tough words for us since we're not uh, none of us is naturally or normally uh, people who are submissive uh, and so uh <clears throat> I had to handle some things out in the gallery and then came in and sat down beside Marty and she said, you have a hole in your elbow. So I hope you can hear the word of God today from a man who has a hole in his elbow. So, uh, because it didn't look like it had a hole in the elbow this morning at 5.00. Fifteen when I put it on, so um, <clears throat> I won't wear the sweater again. <laughs> All right, okay. There you go. Good deal. All right. Uh, this is uh, God's word uh, from First Peter chapter two, verses thirteen through seventeen. Uh, this text is in the bulletin, also up on the screens behind me. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. So, uh, like I said, nobody is uh, naturally submissive. No one is naturally saying, looking about them saying, I am looking for every opportunity that uh, the Lord presents to me to submit myself. <laughs> we just don't do that, do we? That's just, not, that's just not the way we think about it. And we certainly aren't thinking about the possibility of glory uh, that might be the Lord's as we submit ourselves to people or to institutions that are less than what we would want them to be, right? It's really hard. This is re- really challenging, and, and it is really difficult. And as we looked at the last couple of weeks, remember we, P- Peter has talked about these uh, uh, people that he's writing this to as exiles, as elect exiles, as sojourners, as pilgrims, He's also talked about them because of in Jesus Christ, they are a holy nation, a a royal priesthood, they're they're being built into the spiritual temple, and both of those things are true about these people at the same time. And what Peter's getting at now, because he's laid out this great theology of the electing grace and mercy and power of God in Jesus Christ, that he's called these people out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he recognizes that they live in a situation that they are in a situation where the people around them are suspicious of them, they speak poorly of them they they tell lies about them and 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 actually they end up in a situation where uh, these people are facing persecution and so Peter recognizes that, and so now that he 's kind of done with the um, uh, the section of his book that deals primarily with, with theology, with grace, with our identity, now he's going to begin to tell us a little bit about how to live. Now, one of the things to note about this, if you're a New Testament scholar or not, if you've ever read any of the, the epistles of Paul, one of the things that you'll note about the way Paul does his epistles He'll lay out a chapter or two of great grace, theology, mercy of God, the gospel, that kind of stuff. And then he'll begin to talk practically about what to do about it. But he usually begins with the family. Peter has just discussed what it is like to to be united to Christ. And now he's going to talk about our relationship first to the government. Now, there's a reason for that, because the biggest pastoral problem that these people have is, is that the government hates them. The government wants to do away with them. The government wants to persecute them, and it's based very often on just uh, uh, misinformation or, or whatever. And so, so Peter's going to give them strategies about how to live. Now, now if, if I were writing this text, I would say, listen, now what you need to do is you need to... Uh, set up a political action committee and you need to gain funds and you need to exert influence and leverage on those in power over you. Right? Um, But that's not what he says. He begins with the very first thing out of his mouth is be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. And there are some translations and some commentators who think that that's be subject for the Lord's sake to every human, uh, whether it be to the emperor as supreme. Uh, and the emperor here, just so you know, is Caesar, not a nice guy, right? Not, 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 not somebody you want as your neighbor, right? Uh, or to governors. And um, you've heard of some of the governors that Caesar sent. One was named Pontius Pilate. Ever heard of him? I've heard him. Uh, uh, Sit by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put the silence, the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. I wanted to read that again to you because (coughs) um, you should be stunned and you should be troubled, and you should be convicted, and you should have a lot of questions, because how is it possible that I can be united to Christ and absolutely free in him, and the very first commandment to me is a very direct commandment to be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution? Doesn't Peter know what human institutions are like? Doesn't he know that they're inefficient? Doesn't he know that they fail? Doesn't he know that they're often run by jerks? Doesn't he know that uh, that uh, this is this isn't <laughs> the way this functions? And so, so we have to we have to unpack this a little bit. We're going to spend some time over this text and uh, the following text over the next couple of weeks to help us kind of kind of get our, wrap our brains around this because this is something that. Uh, Really, um, I think. I think one of the reasons why you and I lack power, spiritual power in our lives, is because we won't submit. And we'll we'll get around to more of that in just a second. Next slide. <clears throat> so uh, particularly on epiphany this is epiphany sunday as kevin mentioned right we should see submission as a means to mission right we should look at this as uh, uh, as we submit ourselves to the governing authorities as we submit ourselves to the to the to the the structures that are around us we strive to lead quiet lives what we are actually doing as he said last week is we're silencing our critics and we're actually putting them in a position that one day they'll have to give glory to God because of the way we live. So, so how are we to demonstrate honorableness to those who are suspicious of us? How do we silence those who would persecute uh, and deride the church? Well, the first thing Peter says is be subject, not only to the Lord, certainly to him, and we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more, but to every human institution. Why? 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 Because it's the will of God. That's what He says. Next slide. So, what about the emperor? <laughs> you know, one of the things that that, uh, w- w- particularly to folks like us, we hear this and we think, well, there uh, there comes a point and a time in the course of human events where it becomes necessary to throw off that yoke of oppression. Does it not? But what we have here is because of the sake of, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the proclamation of the truth, what Peter says is, you know what? Uh, what you need to do, the way you need to, to exercise your citizenship in heaven is by submitting to the emperor's minions and uh, uh, to the emperor. Submit on account of the Lord. Submit on account of the Lord. There's a, I've, I've included this uh Passage here from Peter David's commentary on this because I think he's very clear, and I and I think this is uh, something that is uh, I- important uh, for us today. Uh, submission to these people <laughs> is guided by and limited by the phrase "for the Lord's sake." Boy, you've been waiting for that word "limited," haven't you? I have. Let's get to the limits. Uh, you know, give me some caveats here. Give me off this hook, right? So the Lord in the New Testament is normally Christ, and it is because Christ, not Caesar, is Lord that one submits. It is not that people such as rulers or masters have authority in themselves. On the contrary, they are only creatures of God. But the Lord gave an example of submission, and the Lord wishes his teaching to be spoken well of, and therefore, for his sake, one submits. But this also limits submission, for submission can never be to anything he does not will. So these authorities are and always remain created beings. Christ alone is ultimate and Lord. Um, Sarah, take take the slide down for a second. So yesterday, uh, we uh, we had a Presbytery meeting here in, uh, uh, over in the chapel. Pres- Presbytery is a group of pastors and elders from a geographic area that meet together to worship and meet together to think about mission and, uh, <clears throat> and to uh, care for one another and to submit to one another. And I'm always struck when I go to Presbyterian meetings by that because 30 years ago, when I was ordained, I took a vow to submit. Do you promise subjection to your brothers in the Lord? Before God and witnesses, I vowed that I would submit. And so yesterday, I'm standing out in the hallway talking to some guys who are eating bagels with cream cheese on them. And they got cream cheese all over their face and on their sweaters. And uh, they're spilling their coffee. And uh, I'm judging the way they're dressed. I'm judging. Really, I am. I'm like, dude, where did you go to school? You don't know how to dress any better than this? All right. This is what I'm thinking while I'm loving them, okay, uh, <laughs> and and the whole time I'm I, the, but the whole time I'm doing this, I'm thinking. I promise God, I swore to God, I would submit to this guy who doesn't know how to eat a bagel without smearing cream cheese all over his face, right? Now, he's thinking the same thing about me, of course, right? I mean, he's probably thinking something worse. He's probably thinking, you know, what is wrong with this guy? You know, I don't, I, did, did I make a mistake when I said I would submit myself? And so, so as I do that, one of the things that I, I think about that is, that's so good for me. It's so good for me. And the reason why it's good for me is because, A, I'm not submissive, naturally. B, it's good for me because it builds my sense of union and fellowship with Jesus Christ. Thirdly, it's good for me because it humbles me. And it humbles me to a place where I recognize, you know what? The the fact is what the gospel does and what the, the gospel is for me is it sets me free because I, am, I belong to Jesus Christ, I am a spiritual stone, I am a part of the royal priesthood, and therefore I can set all of my rights and all of the things that I would demand on the side and, and sit here and listen to and submit myself to another fallen human being. And so it is a rich, rich thing for us and it's a, it's a powerful thing for us. And so one of the reasons why I think we miss out so much spiritually on what the Lord has for us is, is because what we think the gospel does for us is, is that the gospel actually makes us less accountable That the gospel actually sets us free. That that my need to love and to submit to another human being actually is lesser than the fact that Jesus loves me, that Jesus died for me, that he made atonement for my sin. When in fact, what the gospel does is it makes me a bondservant, a bondslave to Jesus Christ. And as a bondslave to Jesus Christ, he makes me your servant. Because here's the thing, Sarah, put the slide up there that Jesus, as Lord of all, washes the feet of his disciples. Jesus, as Lord of all, comes into the world as in the form of a servant. Jesus, as Lord of all, comes into the world and allows himself to be spit upon, allows his beard to be pulled out. He's beaten. He dies. Now, now we hear that and we're like, oh, geez, be quiet. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to think about that. But the fact of the matter is, as we, as we understand this, as we look at this, there's something profound about the nature of subjecting ourselves to one another. There's something really powerful about it. And the power that we find there is that when we submit... When we subject ourselves, what happens is we open up the possibility for redemption to happen. In fact, Peter's going to say in a few uh, verses down, he's going to say that wives who have quietly submitted to their unbelieving husbands are the human reason why those husbands now are redeemed, right? So uh, as I said, an objection might be raised here that I am free in Christ, and we are absolutely free. But we are free not to use our freedom selfishly or for evil intent. Uh, there's a, a, a blog uh, that I read often uh, about uh, a couple of doctors who served with Surge. They've, they were in Uganda for years. Most recently, they've been in Kenya, and they've been in the U.S. now for about six months. And she writes about her observations of what the culture of America is like. As somebody who's American, who's lived most of her adult life in Africa and who's back here now. She's got some great things to say about America, some really wonderful things to say about America, and America, well, about Americans, and, um, and she's got some very critical things. And one of the critical things she says is, is that uh, we love freedom, but we typically use our freedom selfishly. Selfishly what other way is there to use freedom? <laughs> I thought that was the point. I thought if you were free, that meant you were free. and You could do whatever you wanted to, right? And if you can do whatever you want to, by definition, that's selfish, right? And so, so as, as I've thought about that and, kind of, and, and, and tried to wrap my brain around, what does that mean? I think the, the, the fact is that that's, she's so right? Because when I think about achieving freedom, I don't think about, wow, if I could just get free, I could serve better. If I could just get free, I could serve more. If I could just get free, I could find a way to submit myself to somebody else and and see what the kingdom of God might have in that relationship, right? So we we are absolutely free, but we're set free to serve, right? And so we look most like Jesus when we use our freedom and authority to serve. Now, Peter ends this passage, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week with this, these, these four commands. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Now, there's a couple of things to note about the way this structure works, right? He's got honor on each end of the, uh, of the, the four things, and he's got love the brotherhood and fear God in the middle. This, this is a way you should look at this like a sandwich, Okay? Honor everyone, honor the emperor. That's bread, which is pretty good. I like bread. If it's a good bread, not white bread, some kind of brown bread that's crunchy and tasty and got some substance to it. But you don't eat a sandwich for the bread. Now, maybe some of you do. Sorry, I don't. In fact, I like sandwiches without bread. One of my favorite things to do is to make a Reuben with no bread. Just meat and cheese and sauerkraut, piled up about that high, nice and nice and hot. Why bother? Why waste your calories on bread? So so honor everyone and honor the emperor, that's kind of like the bread. The meat and the cheese, the good stuff, that is love the brotherhood and fear God, right? now, Now, one of the things to note about this is, though, it's very interesting the way Peter uses this language. We'll talk more about this next week, but one of the things... That you get is, we are supposed to honor the emperor, but we're supposed to honor the emperor not because he's the emperor. We honor the emperor because he's an everyone, <laughs> okay? Just because he's a person. You're supposed to honor all people, whether he's the emperor or the the, the janitor. It doesn't matter, right? So, so we tend to think, you know, well, I'm really going to honor this person because they look important and smart and rich and that kind of stuff. But Peter's like, no, you treat the emperor the same way you treat uh, uh, the guy who, who uh, cuts your grass. There's, 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 there's no difference. You treat them both with honor. But the thing that's intense about this is, is that we love the brotherhood and we fear God. You don't fear the emperor. Don't fear the emperor. He's just an everyone, right? He's just another guy. Um, but we love the brotherhood. And it's interesting here that he doesn't use the word there for church. He uses the word for brotherhood. He, he says that, that, that the way we uh, exercise submission in the church is we recognize that we belong to one another, that we're tied to one another, and that we have this kind of warm, uh, uh, filial, brotherly uh, relationship with one another. So we're going we're gonna <clears> to <throat> come back and spend more time on this next week. But the the thing about it is, what's the worst thing that this emperor could do to these Christians? And I mean, he could do some pretty terrible things to them. He could kill them. He could kill them. He did kill a lot of them. That's a terrible thing. Is that the worst thing? One time I was struggling with anxiety, and I went to a counselor. I don't, I don't have much luck with counselors, frankly, because... Uh, You know, they're all in the movies. You know, the counselors are always really quiet, nice, warm people that make you feel good about yourself. I've never been to a counselor who made me feel good about myself. That's, I never have. I never have. Now, I've never been to Janice, so I'm sure if I went to Janice, (laughs) since I'm her boss, she'd make me feel really good (laughs) because she'd submit. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, right? So I'm talking to this counselor about some anxieties that I have, and I can have anxiety about just about anything, you know. And and, he, you know, and I'm going on about this, and I'm expecting when I get done with my spiel about my anxiety that he's going to say, you know what, I get it. It's really hard. You have a reason to be anxious. He didn't say that. He said, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm like, well, I could die. And he's like, yeah, you die and you go to heaven. Is that the worst thing that could happen? I'm like, somehow I feel like I should be offended. <laughs> but but I can't be because you just told me the truth. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm going to leave now. Do I get a discount, right? So... <laughs> because I, I think I've heard all, all I need to hear. That's, that's awesome. Thanks for that. So, so, the, so the, the, the fact of the matter is the the, the ground that we stand on, the, the, work, the work that Christ has done on our behalf sets us free in this situation not to be fearful, not to be overly anxious, and to look beyond the, the structures and the people that we're challenged to submit to, to look to the Lord, Because I don't submit myself, I don't honor just the emperor, I don't honor just the person who's the difficult person in my life, I honor Jesus. I look beyond that to see the one who called me out of darkness. I look beyond that to see the one who died for me. I look beyond that to see the one who made atonement for my sins. I look beyond that for the one who subjected and submitted himself to the punishment my sin deserved to set me free now to to love and to serve those who are around me. Next slide. So, one last practical bit. Uh, I think as a congregation, we spend too much time on the emperor. Thinking about the emperor. Complaining about the emperor. And whoever your emperor is, whether it's the president or the governor or the senator or the congressman or the sheriff or the uh, boss or uh, the attorney general or uh, the secretary of agriculture or... Whichever, whichever one your particular one is, you know they're they're the judge. (laughs) Whichever one's, I think we spend too much time on the emperor when, uh, and and we actually uh, fear the emperor. I think because we spend so much time on them and not enough on reverencing the one who made us and loves us. We're in a silly season as a country. And because we're in this country, we're in a silly season as, uh, as a church, right? And so my, I would sub- submit to you today uh, uh, that what Christ says to us is, is that he is Lord and that none of these people who are running and none of these people who make pronouncements and none of these people who do these things is Lord. Only Jesus is Lord. Lord. And the second thing I would, I would say to you today is <clears throat> I, I want to challenge you to think a little bit about the value and the worth of submission. We were at Presbytery yesterday. We had a very heated argument at the very end of the day, which is the worst time to have it. We had a very heated argument about a very intense issue. Very heated. It got interesting. It got heated. People were doing this. People were throwing books down on the, on the chairs. People were saying, I came to vote on this, and we're not going to vote on it. It was awesome. I'm like, something's happening. I, I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention now. This is, this is really good, <laughs> you know. Uh, but what else, what's going to happen next? And so we voted. And I voted one way, and everybody else from this church, who was their Presbyterian meeting, voted another way. And the vote was was, was, what I what what I wanted lost by one vote, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And those guys who voted against me, who are serve serve, yeah, that's right, they voted against me. (laughs) Who. who serve with me here, who serve you here, who serve with me, I love them and they love me. And um, we're submitted to each other. You see, there's something powerful that happens when what we recognize is, is that there's something bigger at work than just me getting my way. And there's something powerful when people say, I have a right to this. I know I have a right to this. Jesus Christ lived and died to give me the right to this. And I belong to him and he belongs to me. But I will give my right up if it means loving you and seeing you redeemed. Strong medicine. We're going to talk more about this uh, um, uh, in the the coming weeks. But uh, let's pray now uh, that uh, we would see, we would feel, we would understand uh, the power of the gospel to set us free Uh, to serve, and uh, to submit to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we need a sense of this today. Thanks so much um, for, um, well, for loving us, uh, for uh, recognizing and challenging our unsubmissive hearts. But Lord, at the same time, that did not keep you from uh, living and dying and rising again for us. It did not keep you from building us into your church. It did not keep you from um, pursuing us, Lord, we—I'm just so afraid that uh, if I p- make myself subject to anyone, I might disappear, or I—I I might not get heard, or I might not. Um, well, there's a, a whole host of those things, and I pray uh, that you would help me to see you as Lord. Help uh, me to see that as I am set free by you. Uh, that I serve uh, others uh, by serving you. And I pray that you would give me grace and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Lord, we, we need to uh, spend a, uh, several weeks thinking through what this looks like as a congregation and just the practicalities of what this looks like, and I pray that you would give us patience with each other and grace and mercy. I pray that you would give us strength and conviction and comfort. And I pray that you would help us uh, to see and to know uh, you as Lord And because you are Lord, uh, we don't have to be. Lord, would you do that work uh, in our hearts and our lives? We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.